Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, specifically that sweet first trailer that just dropped. I'm so excited. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer is here, my friend. I know, the first trailer's finally here. We're going to do a shot-by-shot, just break down like we do sometimes in these trailers. So if you don't want to be uh, overly, if you don't want to overly analyze the trailer, you're in the wrong place, because that's what we're going to do. <laughs> if you don't want to spend the next 20 minutes on a minute and a half, yeah, get out. <laughs> you might want to get out now. Um, <laughs> my first thoughts on this trailer, what are your, my, my opening thoughts, if you will, are... Uh, this is the Wasp trailer. Yeah, it is. This is not the Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer. This it trailer is showcasing the lady with wings. I'm not sure they even showed him do anything except for once he grew. They show him as like giant uh, man for a second. But like almost every fight sequence is her. He rode an ant. Oh, yeah, that's true. But that's not I'm talking, I'm talking about fighting. I every, think he smacked somebody in a kitchen if I recall correctly. Okay. Yeah, but he did very little. Very little, fighting. but she is all over this thing, and she looks totally badass. It reminds me; their dynamic reminds me of the dynamic of uh, Kick Ass and Hit Girl. Yes. Like, oh my God! Yes. Like she, she's the one. You know, he's supposedly the kind of the title character of the movie. Um, obviously, they're both the title character in this case, but uh, he's he's definitely you know he was he was in he's the first just, one. He's just there to watch her kick ass. Yeah, pretty excited about it. Yeah, Pretty especially the it. knives and the uh, yeah that like, knife that knife scene running along the blade of the knife is amazing. <laughs> it really is. Now, like full disclosure, I kind of balked at the physics a little bit because I remember all the discussions of the physics of the first movie, and they yep. didn't change anything. Like they didn't fix it. They just went well, with it. They're like, all right, they haven't fixed it yet. Yeah. Maybe there's a lot of dialogue <laughs> right. that explains why they're not heavy. They're heavy sometimes and they're not other times. If they just had like an attenuator that allowed them to like change their mass or something like that, would be fine with me. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but still. the the There's one specific part where I was just like, no, 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 no. What part was that? With the building. Oh, right, right, right. And well, that's the same thing in the first one, the tank. Yeah, yeah. So, the the physics haven't really changed. They're still wonky and goofy. But if you if you remember that from the first movie, and you had fun with that from the first movie, this is going to be a really fun trailer. Yeah, you just have to accept the physics of this. That like they're going to sometimes make him heavy, sometimes make him not. <laughs> it doesn't really like. There's no uniformity to what the shrinking does to his mass, which I, I don't like. I wish there was, you know, like I said, if there was like an attenuator knob on his suit that also allowed him to change his mass, like depending on what he wanted, like if he can be a heavy small guy or a uh, light small guy or whatever, like that would make more sense to me. But anyway. God, that would use so much energy. Well, it's a comic book. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's uh, like that's the kind of stuff we can get behind, but like the inconsistencies we can't. <laughs> it's like it doesn't have to make actual sense; it just has to be consistent, like logically consistent with his powers. Um, <laughs> another big thing that's made me think about is uh, Scott Lang is, Lang is somehow in as some sort of 
uh, house arrest, it looked like. Yeah. Like, how is that going to affect his superheroing? Well, the last time we saw him, he was being broken out of prison yep. by Cap. Well, so, did he, he decide was being to stay? broken out of the raft. Right. Exactly. Um, so, did, did he decide to stay locked up? Did he uh, get captured again by a different group of people? Um, like, what... It's weird that he's back to his normal life and not just like on the run with the Avengers, you know. Well, they said that they were on the run, like they were running. Sure. Like the the people in this in this trailer. Um, I uh, the prologue comic for Infinity War showed Cap breaking everybody out and telling Scott Lang to go back to his family. So we know at least that much has happened. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But as far as, like, what passed between then and this movie, I don't know. Also, it looks a lot like it doesn't happen after Infinity War. You're right. It, does, it doesn't seem like it happens after. Well, we just don't know. We just don't know what happens in Infinity War. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that reality is rewritten, but... You know, we just don't. That could just be me. That's just a, that's just an assumption, and it's conjecture. We, we also don't know yet for sure that Ant Man and the Wasp are in the first one. They're not. They're not in the first one. They are in the second one. Okay. See, I didn't even know if we knew that yet. So, that's, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that we know that. I just they're know, confirmed in the second one. I just think I, they've been confirmed for conf- one of the two. I don't know that they they've said which they're going to be in. Well, like Evangeline Lilly has showed. Um, like on Instagram videos of her at the, the trailer farm that is like outside the set of Avengers four. Yeah. Cause there's so many big actors that have trailers. Right. Right. And I'm assuming so, if she's in the first one, she's probably in the second one too, unless something unspeakable happens. But yeah, well, this was, this was when they were filming the second one. So she's definitely in the second one. I don't think that she's in the first one though. Gotcha. I don't think they're in the first one. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays and if yeah like if reality is rewritten like what does that do to these characters that weren't in the movie <laughs> like uh were they affected by the reality rewriting i just don't even know maybe they're the b team that comes to save everybody yeah in the, maybe they in weren't Avengers maybe thanos Star. rewrites everyone else and they're the ones that remember them or whatever it'll be interesting yeah. It'll be interesting. So let's talk about this movie and not Avengers. Yeah. I, I just thought it was interesting to see, like, we haven't seen anything post-Civil War, really. Um, and so it was interesting to see where this, where what was going on with, uh, on Earth since Civil War. Yeah, like what the, uh, the ripple effect consequences are. Right. I mean, we saw Spider-Man, but that's just a different, didn't really get into the consequences for the, for Cap's side. Yeah. And or so, really even, like, the consequences of the Accords. Yeah, it made me really sad to see uh, him grow into Giant Man and grab Rhodey from the sky. I'm like, you leave Rhodey alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's get into this shot-by-shot watch. Okay. If you're, right. if you're up for it. First shot. That's a bridge. It looks like a city. Yep. That's we not got New a York, city. though. Confirmed city, you guys. Not New York. I don't know what city that is. <laughs> I'm going to assume San Francisco again. Okay, yeah, that's probably true. I just, yeah. But that's not the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm -mm. What do we do? It's a city Uh, with some mountains. San Francisco only has one bridge, man. (laughs) And this isn't it. 
It's a different city. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Probably San Let's Francisco. Let's press the play button. Yeah. It's a lot of the city. Long shot of the city. And then he, he I think that's when he asks her if she would have, if when Cap called, would you have yeah. come to help? And he says, I just have one question. When Captain America needed help, if I had asked you, would you have come? So she says it doesn't, uh, you wouldn't, well, we may never know, but you, uh, but, you, but if you had, you wouldn't have been caught. Yeah, which is such a such a baller thing to say. She just she's just going to be such a baller in this movie. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about her in like every aspect of her. Like everybody, not everybody, a lot of people online have said or have been like kind of up in arms about Janet Van Dyne being pushed out and like, oh, you've got Hank Pym, but you've got no Janet Van Dyne. You're going straight for Hope, and like she's not even the Wasp, and you're making her the Wasp. Like no, right. they're they're modernizing the story, and kind of like jumping you into the middle, or actually even into the later part of Hank Pym's life, mm-hmm. and like he's not Ant Man anymore. It's it's Scott Lang now. It's time for the next generation. But Michelle Pfeiffer, or as uh, Key and Peele like to call her, Michelle Pfeiffer's, <laughs> uh, is going to be Janet Van Dyne in this movie, and I'm really excited to see her portrayal. Me too. I hope it's real Catwoman-y. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get shots of uh, Scott Lang house being covered in FBI agents, and him, but he's with his daughter, so that's good. Yeah. Um. So, and they were surrounded on several occasions, from the look of it, by FBI agents with guns trained on them. So, I mean, it's obvious there's repercussions to being broken out of the raft in Civil War. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that General Ross is still a dick and, you know, it's just like, everybody go get him, like, send all the teams, whatever. It's weird that they didn't just send him back to the raft, though. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I, I honestly like, don't know It's just one hero, it's not worth the trip. <laughs> right, it's it's that guy, come on, it's it's Scott Lang. Like, or may, maybe Cap destroyed the raft. Ah, I don't think so. The raft is really big. Yeah, but he's Captain America. Yeah, but the raft is huge. Like, well, ridiculously huge. In comics, it didn't look that big in the movie. It could be deeper, but, you know. I think it's that it's deeper, because it was not, like there were dozens of levels, and I think they were on... I can't remember exactly which level. That, I don't know. It was said. up there. But... But, um, there are, I mean, like right at the, in the first 30 seconds, we get like four different shots of these, of these major characters, we assume being just swarmed by FBI agents. And that, you know, that kind of, uh, kind of shows the, I guess the, the tertiary consequences for what they had done before, but now like that they have to deal with now while also, Doing whatever it is that they're doing in this one and right. saving Janet. Like, well, we talked about this in the, in the in bunch the, going on. Talked about this a little bit last week. How the cinematic universe has finally gotten to the point where they're really letting consequences happen from movie to movie. Like the, the consequences of Civil War are just dripping off of this trailer. Yeah, um, and that's cool. That's real cool. And it's cool that they even just assume like if you've seen Ant Man, like you almost can't get this trailer unless you've seen Ant Man and Civil War. <laughs> like yeah. to, to know the characters 
to understand the and to understand why he's helping Captain America and all the stuff. That's like two movies you've had to have seen. Yeah, and in order to get Civil War, you have to have seen a bunch of the rest of the MCU. <laughs> right. So like, they're just they're not just even. Kinda, they're not messing around anymore. Yeah, they're not holding anybody's hands anymore, mm-hmm. and that's that's one of the best things about it. Is like, they're, it's like they're they're accepting that we as a people are just like, yep, we're in it. We're just as you know, a people. Yeah, not as fans, but like as a unified people. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get. Uh, Mr. Hank Pym, which I'm really excited to see Hank Pym in this movie. Yeah. And there was that shot that we were talking about. The building shrinking down with the uh, the non-applied physics happening. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he's got a handle on it and has made it into basically a uh, a little... Like a, like a little uh, rolly suitcase, yeah. Like a little rolly suitcase, like just a piece of luggage. Which I'm worried if there's anything in that building that's not bolted down. Whenever he tilts it, everything is going to slide to one end. Oh yeah, this uh, there's a lot of questions about this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess there are no people in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Maybe he does everything well, like magnetized or something. Let's but hope. It, it does seem like you would just tilt the building and everything would slide. Ant-Man but is actually, by far the silliest of the MCU movies um, when it comes to the, the actual physics of everything. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, that this one is coming out this year along with like the super extra serious consequential Infinity War and then the like super serious espionage, espionage and like uh, Game of Thrones style kind of Black vibe Panther, for the throne, yeah. Black Panther, like... This movie is really going to just, like, as far as the MCU movies, is going to offset the others with just, like, let's just have fun for this one, please. It, it seems like. But I feel like with them trying, possibly saving Janet, this could be a huge... There could be... Uh, a, there there's could be still really going to be a lot of character to it. Yeah. There could be some really emotional stuff happening. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, with that, that, that building reminds me of something that Hank Pym did in comics. Uh, it was a prison that he had created that was... Uh, it was called the dollhouse where he shrank people down and yeah. put them into this like this this super high security prison but it was like it would fit on a table yeah that's cool yeah it was just great use of his uh of his science or his studies that's an interesting shot that we just saw it looks like there's a series of interesting shots. We may want to go back because yeah. okay. First off, we get this step big, through them. <laughs> we get we get, a, we get a huge. Looks like a rocket aiming yeah, into some looks, sort of portal, or maybe just a shrinking machine. Possibly, I don't even know. It looks like a spaceship. It does. Um, it's interesting that it's a ship in an Ant Man comic. It makes me think. Uh, God, there's. It makes me think of the the cart that the Fantastic Four used when traveling to the microverse. Mm. They had this like this car that would shrink them down so they could pass through the fabric into the microverse. And um, I mean, it it may not be that, but it would be really funny if it was. We really get no sense of what they're doing uh, so far in this movie, and I feel like maybe they're doing. Like, just, like, you're talking about going to the microverse. Like, maybe they're just, the whole point is they're trying to save Janet. Um, Yeah. 
but maybe something big happens in um in 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 a uh, gosh what's the movie called in a in infinity war and they and they're like they're like you talked about the b team coming in to save it like maybe they're gonna maybe they're already like trying to deal with the repercussions of infinity war i don't know it could be it could be i i would think that there would be so much more destruction shown Plus, I mean, we just don't know. Trying to find the team in Infinity War would not really—it looked like uh, it wouldn't really do justice to an Ant Man and the Wasp story. I don't know if that's true. I think like if if you had the entirety of the MCU is lost basically, and then Ant Man and the Wasp were off to save it, like that does a lot of justice to like how great of characters they are and how more how relied upon they can be. Well, um, yeah, it does. It does a lot for how vital they are, but it doesn't really do much for like it doesn't justice or ah, it doesn't do justice to their stories. Yeah, I like, mean that it, are specifically them. It's not a standalone story, but I don't see why you couldn't still tell a lot about their characters if they were doing something like that. Mm. But but uh, yeah, it's something they've never done before. Like it, generally, these movies have their own sort of arcs and their own villains and then they go together. So I'm, I'm, I doubt it's what I'm talking about, but it, it could be because it comes after infinity war, at least chronologically. Yeah. It would be interesting. And then we get shots of just, just like really intense music with shots of, uh, hope and shots of, uh, Hank just looking very distraught. <laughs> yeah. And hope is looking up distraught at something. Uh, purple car with flames on it behind her. Yeah, that you know that's really indicative of what what's going on. <laughs> I, I want to imagine that she's looking up at the space donut. Yeah, me too. I, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. Like this could be toward the end of the movie. Like maybe whatever they're dealing with is just interrupted by the uh, by the events of Infinity War. You know? Oh god, that would be really funny. Like they have to deal with Infinity War and then what like if, go back and finish whatever the other thing was. What if the last half of Ant Man and the Wasp? is the first half or the the entirety of Infinity War except they're small and we just never saw them in Infinity War. Yeah. Like that's you, what it is. Seen it from their perspective. They're in every frame. They're in every frame of Infinity War. We just never saw them. We- <laughs> and then and then we see the entirety of Infinity War from their perspective, them trying to like help out from from a shrunk down perspective. Like yeah, they're trying they to can't t- take down or something. Yeah. Like we're stuck, but we're still going to help. We're yeah, useful. It'd be super great. Oh, let's see. This so right after that, there's you know those sciency shots where yeah you get a feel for like whoever the villain is or well we don't really get a strong feel. Something happen. Some hand is waving around and Morpheus is watching it, and I just don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on there. Well, the the villain of the movie is Ghost. And okay, like Ghost know. is is kind of uh, what was it like technology based technology based and like is a super hacker but can like phase through walls if I recall correctly like there's a lot to Ghost that just is kind of like all over the fucking place and you're just like how does that fit into this shrinking man story but. You know, it's technology that shrinks him, so obviously it's it'll be fine. It's fine. Maybe, maybe this is Ghost figuring out power, like or gaining the power. That's what it looks like, yeah. To like phase through whatever. And it, I mean, you say it doesn't fit, but you can't always have Ant Man fight miniature 
<laughs> Rise of Villains. Like, his villains have got to, you know. How else are they going to throw Thomas the Train Engine at each other? Uh, that's true. Because <laughs> that has to happen in every movie ever Great now. Great point. <laughs> and here we have uh, our first look in the next shot of Dr. Bill Foster, who in the comics eventually becomes Goliath. Awesome. And this is a uh, an old friend of, of Hank Pym. Awesome, and awesome. I'm all about this. I'm all about Lawrence Fishburne being Goliath. Yeah, that's real cool. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hit play. I'm gonna hit play. See, he does shrink down and ride an ant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, you know, he doesn't drive, but he watches as Hope does some neat things. Hope driving and <laughs> opening that, uh, opening it up while he's while they're under another car is amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. And actually, I remember, based on the way that that car flew, uh, I remember seeing that stunt happening from, like... Mm -hmm, From set video from a while back. Yeah, like, set video a while back of somebody up in a window. And, like, I was like, that car has some weird, like, pegs on the bottom of it. Oh, that just must be the stunt car. Because, you know, it had the big rope on and everything, and it rolled. And I was like, oh, that's really cool! Like, that's a cool stunt! And then we actually see that happen in the trailer. And I'm like, I remember that. Yeah. It's like I was there. <laughs> that was cool. Like San Francisco Straits. We get Michael Michael Pena for a second. Yep. Quick little shot of Michael also, Pena. We also got a, uh, oh gosh, what are they called? Tardigrade or whatever. The what? That, uh, the, the bug that, that's right there. It's a, um, oh, they call him yeah. a space bear or whatever. A water bear? Oh. Water bear? Is that what they call them? I think it's a water bear. Yeah. Something like that. But, uh, yeah, looking at it, that is that ship that we saw from the back. Yep, it is. In that shot. That so is that the, ship is definitely a miniaturizing. I thought it looked like it was going through a miniaturizing ray, and it looks like it was. So they're going yep. through some sort of travel into miniature land. Uh, it's got to be the microverse. Probably, and the water bears are there. <laughs> And, uh, and then sweet, uh, sweet moment with his daughter, sweet moment says, with his daughter saying, maybe you just need someone watching your back. And you're like, yes, he needs hope. And, and he then, needs the wasp. Then the coolest, the coolest scene in in the trailer. This is like, this is like the scene that sells the movie right here. Her, her, her fighting in a kitchen and having yep. knives thrown at her and just dance, shrinking down and dancing around them, running along the blade. Yeah. And then my favorite my favorite line of the trailer is this Hank Pym and Scott Lang interacting. He says, you gave her wings and blasters? <laughs> and blasters. Oh, so I guess you just didn't have that technology around for me. No, I did. <laughs> uh, uh, what? So, like, <laughs> it's just classic. It's classic uh, their relationship, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's classic Ant-Man. <laughs> it's it's that, uh, that humor carrying over from the first one. Yeah. You know, they... There's going to be some serious uh, serious character moments, especially with Janet, in this one. But they're not letting go of just how absolutely goofy this movie is and just owning it with that humor. Yeah, looks great. And, God, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym is, like, gold. Yeah, I want to see more of him. Lightning in a, in a bottle, I want to see more of him in the, like, 60s or 80s or whatever. I really yeah, want to well, see more of Because then we can get Agent Carter. Yeah, for, well, of course, but... I just want to see more. I just want to see more of what was going on back then. Yeah, I want to see more of what happened in that footage. 
that was shown in the uh, in the first Ant Man. Yeah, like where he got the tank from. <laughs> I want I want the origin story of the tank. Can I have that, please? <laughs> I need that in movie form. Just so uh, next couple of shots after that uh, that interaction between them is really just Ant Man flying around on an ant on a flying ant again. Yep, that's all he does in this trailer. And then yeah. even that, I thought that would be him, and then I looked closely, and nope, it was it was Hope. Throwing a Pez dispenser, and then having it grow to giant-sized Pez dispenser that's flying at the bad guys. Yep. Um, so Causing him to lose his bike and fall on the ground. Yeah, that looks amazing. Yep. Well, that's the trailer, yep. man. Uh, now that we've watched the entire thing and talked about it in detail, any other any other major, like, overarching thoughts? Not really. Yeah. I mean, we we hit the 20-minute mark like we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved it, man. I'm I'm really excited about this movie. Um, you know, I, I don't dislike the Ant-Man movie at all. I do enjoy it. But it's not my favorite in the MCU. It's it's on the lower end for me. Um, but that's n- not saying bad things about Ant-Man. That's just saying how good I how good how much I love the rest of the MCU. It's just hard to compete and uh I don't know. This trailer got me excited. I think Hope looks just really awesome. And their their dynamic yeah. looks great. And I'm excited to see more of Hank Pym. I'm glad that he didn't like pass away in the first one after like, you know, being pack. shot. Yeah, or like they, you know, they give it they give Ant-Man the suit and then you could you could easily see them being like, "Well, that let's get rid of this really expensive actor." <laughs> now that we got that passed off, he's exes He's expositioned us out and himself out the door. Yeah, I like that he is a, you know, he's basically like a better, I don't know, not better. Uh, he's basically like a an older Tony Stark type character, which is really cool to have. Um, may, maybe a little more curmudgeonly and a little less, <laughs> little less playboy-like, but, you know, still really, really cool. I, I'm excited to see his character grow through these sequels. Yeah, and you oh. can tell you can tell in this trailer that uh, that this movie like it feels more uh, cohesive and fleshed out um, like one unified story. Hmm. Peyton Reed coming in and you know being the uh, the major director and, oh, and driving yeah. creative not having, force not behind having it. all the drama behind the scenes. Yeah, not having the drama behind the scenes, it really feels a, a lot more streamlined. You can tell that that same feeling has been put into it. I'm sorry that there's not going to be any Agnew Wright, but I would rather have it be more cohesive. Yeah, obviously, Miss Edgar Wright. I do think these movies probably would have benefited from Edgar Wright, but <laughs> I. Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm letting that go. I'm still letting that go. Years later, yeah. Still I mean, the premise go. the premise is goofy enough to have Edgar Wright do something with it. Oh yeah. Well, man. Uh, this has been fun. Guys, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Uh, hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com, slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with our S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. Um, also, my album comes out tonight at midnight, so by the time you get this in your feed and are well listening to it, my album is probably out right now. Um, we've actually, we're actually doing a podcast about the album as well, so I'll be talking about that over the next few weeks. But um, 
as of now, uh, you can actually just listen to the whole album on Spotify or Apple Music or any of that stuff. Just search Matthew Carroll, not Matt Carroll. There's a Matt Carroll out there, too, and he's an imposter. Um, <laughs> no, just search <laughs> Matthew, Matt Carroll. Matthew Carroll. The album call is called Left to Burn. Um, so please listen. Please check it out. I would love to share that music with all you guys. Um, we've got a video out. We just dropped on YouTube. A song called Heart on Fire. So you can also search Matthew Carroll Heart on Fire and you'll find that on YouTube. So, uh, yeah. Hope you guys all check it out and enjoy it. It would be really cool. Love to hear what all you think. Um, yeah. So that's all for this. This, uh, this, this. We will be back tomorrow with some Shield talk. Have a great one. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.